Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Fusion Church. Hallelujah. It's motivation on Friday, Freedom Friday. Everybody's probably saying, thank God it's Friday. They're ready for the weekend to begin. All right, we are in 1 Samuel 20 today. Uh, Let us begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just praise you. And I thank you, Father, for this is the day that you have made, Lord. Thank you, my Lord God, for your goodness, your mercy. Thank you for everyone who is watching and listening. Oh, Lord, speak to our hearts, Father. Let it be you and not us. I thank you in advance what you're going to continue to do in our homes, in our families, in our church, in our community, in our nation, Father. Thank you for this time, Father. We praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, we need to stress. Go ahead and do it. All right, my lovely Sandra is reading this morning. Okay, I am in the NIV version, and we're in First uh, Samuel chapter 20, starting with verse 1 here. It says, Then David fled from Noath at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he's trying to take my life? Never, Jonathan replied. You're not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything great or small without confiding in me. Why would he hide this from me? It's not so. But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this or he'll be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. So David said, look, tomorrow is the new moon festival and I'm supposed to dine with the king. But let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell him David earnestly asked my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says, very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he's determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I'm guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said, if I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said, let's go out into the field. So they were there together. Then Jonathan said to David, by the Lord, the God of Israel, I will surely sound out my father by this time, the day after tomorrow. If he's favorably disposed towards you, Will I not send you word and let you know? 
But if my father is inclined to harm you, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. If I do not let you know and send you away safely, may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me your unfailing kindness like that of the Lord as long as I live so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, may the Lord call David's enemies into account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, tomorrow is the new moon festival. You will be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow toward evening, go to the place where you hid when this trouble began and wait by the stony zell. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on this side of you, bring them here. Then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe. There's no danger. But if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go, because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discussed, remember, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field, and when the new moon festival came, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan, and Abner sat next to Saul, but David's place was empty. Saul said nothing for that day, uh, for he thought something must have happened to David to make him uh, ceremonial, uh, ceremonially unclean. Surely he's unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. Then Saul said to his son, Jonathan, why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the mill either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, let me go because our, our family is observing a sacrifice in town and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away to see my brothers. That's why he's not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan and he said to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send and bring him to me for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father, but Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger on that second day of the month. He did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him. And he said to the boy, run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him. Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing of all this. Only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, go carry them back to town. 
After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord is witness between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left and Jonathan went back to town. Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. All right. Stretch if you need to. Wow. You know, this whole entire chapter is, is pretty much talking about loyalties, talking about a covenant. It's talking about the love of, of, of two brothers from different mothers. You know, <laughs> there were there were two guys, two guys that that really care for each other. You know, and 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 it, and it starts off. It starts off. You know that, you know that David. You know, you know was, was concerned. You know what? What have I done in in verse one? You know what's my iniquity? He's saying, you know, to to Jonathan. You know because you know he said you know something is going on that you know he doesn't care because and Jonathan at this point he was kind of saying, well, I don't think my dad has anything against you. Why? Because that's his father. And we always expect the best, you know, probably. And uh, so Jonathan said in verse two, he says, by no means you shall die, you know, because, you know, anything that my father is going to do, you know, pretty much I'm going to know about it. Uh, I'm his right hand man, you know, so I'm going to hear if my father has anything against you. You know, so again, Jonathan didn't didn't really believe that that he was really going after David to that degree. But then David in verse three, he says, he said, David took an oath again and said, your father certainly knows and have found and he knows that you have found favor with me, you know, and, 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 and he doesn't want to grieve you. But truly, you know, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, you know. You know, I am one step away from death. Wow. So David was so concerned, you know, about, you know, his life. So concerned that the king was really going after him, you know. And yet again, Jonathan didn't realize that that was that deep. And, and Jonathan said to David, whatever yourself desires, you know, after talking to him for a while, I would do it for you. Again, this just shows the relationship that he had with David, whatever your yourself desires, I would do. In other words, I'm going to stand with you. You know, I'm going to back you up. And yet he is the son of the king, you know, so he was going again. He was going to be going uh, against the grain, you know, and, and, and this commitment that they have for each other, this loyalty that they have, you know, I, I looked at the word loyalty that uh, it's a strong feeling of support and allegiance, you know, loyalty, you know, uh, is, is faithful and devoted, you know, it, it is something that, you know, when someone is devoted to somebody else or for something, you know, you are faithful, you are committed to that. And that's how they pretty much felt about each other. So they started to talk and they started to think, you know, what the heck, what are we going to do? And they came up with a game plan. You know, they were there, they were, came up with a game plan. The game plan was, that the next day was going to be the, the the new moon, you know, and the new moon was pretty much so. It's a monthly festival that they was that they will have. 
So he said, oh, that's a perfect opportunity because the king is going to expect me, David, to be over there. But let me hide. Let me hide in the field, you know, and, and say that I'm, I went to, 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 you know, to do a sacrifice with my family. So and when the king comes and asks about it, you know, when the king comes and asks about where am I? This is what we're going to do. So there in verse five, it says, David said to Jonathan, indeed, tomorrow, the new moon, I should, I should, and I should not fail to be there because it was his, it was a custom that he will always be by the side of the king because that was the position that the king has given him. So, you know, so he's going to be missed. He said, but let me go and hide in the field until the third evening, you know, and here's, here's the kicker. He said, if your father misses me at all, you know, because he still had to convince Jonathan. He was still trying to convince Jonathan, you know, because, you know, that was his father. David earnestly asked permission of me that I may run over to, to Bethlehem, his city, for the yearly festival, you know, you, that, that I ask you this, you know. And again, the, the yearly festival is something that they did all, all the time. And it says in verse 7, if he says this is well, your servant will be safe. But he is very angry, you know, you know, if he is very angry. So, of course, the king, you know, he had this thing against David. He had he had the, the, this thing because back in verse uh, chapter 18, you know, when David was out there fighting the Philistines for the king, you know, and he had the victory over the Philistines, you know, and, and they came back. When they came back in chapter 18, you know, they started to they started to sing a song and it said Saul has slain his thousand, but David has slain his ten thousand. So when he when King Saul heard this, he became jealous. He became jealous of David. So that was where his anger started to rouse up against him, you know, and he he just just has something about him. You know, and it says there in, in 18 verse 9, so Saul's eye, I, David, from that day forward. So from that moment forward, he was keeping his eye on David. So he, you know, he was, he, he just didn't like him. He didn't like him from that time. And David realized this. Why? Because David was a man of God. And, and, and the Lord will always, always, you know, warn you. He will always uh, to give you signals of something that is happening. So they came up with this plan. And it says in verse 6, if your father misses me at all and earnestly asks, asks you know, you know, where am I? Tell him that I ask for permission that I may do this sacrifice. And if he says all is well, then your servant will be safe. But if he's very, but if he's very angry, you know, evil has definitely is in place. So they have this, this thing that they were going to do. So, of course, of course, you know, when the ceremony came, David wasn't there and the king noticed that. The king noticed that, you know, but in between this, you know, in verse 8 says, therefore, you shall deal kindly with your servant. And you have brought your servant into a covenant because they had David and, and, and Jonathan had this covenant with one another. Nevertheless, if there's iniquity within me, so David tells him, if there's something that I'm doing wrong, you know, kill me yourself, he tells Jonathan. You kill me. You kill me in, in verse in verse eight. So that was what David was at. You know, he had he had a, a clean heart. 
and he wanted to do everything right, you know. And 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 again, and, and this covenant that he had with um with Jonathan, that goes like I said, that goes back to chapter 18, you know. And he says there in verse one of 18 that Jonathan's soul was knitted together with David's soul. Wow, you know, that's intimacy. That you know, and when you think about knitting, knitting, I don't know how to knit. You know, all I know is that you take a couple of little uh, needles and you wrap them and wrap them and you twist them and you make a big thing out of it. Okay, that's my explanation about that. But you know, there's so many different twines and angles and curves and knots that it goes with knitting, and that's why they use this word there that is put together very, very well. You know, and it says there in verse three, then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Well, that's deep. That's deep love. That's deep commitment. And in verse four, it says, and Jonathan took off his rope and he gave it to David, his armor, his sword. You know, I'm a military guy. You don't take off your uniform and your and your weapons and give it to somebody else. You want to be protected. And as a military guy, you protect your gear. You protect your equipment because that becomes part of you. But here we have the, the prince, you know, taking off his, his rope, you know, that represents loyalty, royalty, you know, and, and he gave it to David. So he was making David his brother, you know. David, you're my brother, you know, and I love you. And he gave him all this stuff. That is the commitment. That is the commitment. But in this chapter, in chapter 20, this commitment, you know, is being spoken again, you know, and and, and, and again, Jonathan and, uh, and David, you know, they, they spoke to each other, they came up with a game plan, they committed to each other, you know, and, but Saul was upset, he was still upset about this, because when, after a moment, after a moment in, in verse 30, he said, he said that, Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan. Now he's taking it out on jo Jonathan because David is not there. David is hiding in the field, waiting to hear something because they came up with a plan that if he gets angry, you're going to send me a message that he's angry so I can stay away, you know? And, and But if he's happy, you're going to send me a message. So they had this uh, an understanding, but it says that his anger rose against Jonathan. So before, you know, he was David, of course, well, Jonathan, being that he's the middle guy now, you know, and he's speaking on David's behalf, guess what? A lot of times when we step up for somebody, they come against us, you know, they come against us, you know, so we have to be careful. But here he does, and he calls them your son of a perverse, rebellious woman. God, bringing mom into the picture. Come on now. So now you're bringing mom into the picture. You know, you know, Jonathan Paul is, hey, I'm talking about mom. I'm talking about my mom, you know, but here his dad is talking about mom, the perverse, rebellious woman. I do not know that you have chosen, you know, to, uh, you have chosen the side of, of, of David, the side of Jesse, you know, in other words, he was calling him a traitor. You know, you have betrayed me. You have turned your back on me, you know, so he was going to take it out on him. And guess what he does? Guess what he does? He says in verse 33, and Saul cast a spear at him as to kill him. Man, ain't that something? Now he wants to kill his son. So he's taking, he's taking it out, out on his son. 
you know, and, and this pretty much tells you where was Saul was at. Saul was jealous. He was angry. He was angry, especially because David wasn't there. But David was running for his life. David didn't want to raise his hand against the king. And David was trying to do the right thing. And sometimes, you know, doing the right things might mean that you have to walk away. Sometimes doing the right thing, that means that you have to, you know, you know, keep to yourself, you know. And David was trying to do that. David was trying to, to, to back off. David was trying to give the king his space. But he knew that if I was to approach the king, he's going to kill me. And definitely now, you know, he knew that he was going to kill him because he tried to kill his own son because of David, because of their relationship that they have, because of this covenant that they have with each other, that they loved each other. You know, and I talk about, and I, and I, and I looked at that word, and you know, that word covenant, you know, and, and, and that commitment. And that pretty much, I, I started to say, do I have that commitment with the Lord? Am I that committed with the Lord? You know, do I follow Christ? You know, like that, a covenant with him, you know, because when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, we say, Lord, I receive you. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior, you know, enter my heart, you know, so we, we invite the Lord in. So we have this covenant with the Lord. And I'm saying, to, and I was just there and I was thinking, I said like, wow, do we have this same relationship with the Lord? Come on. Do we have the same relationship or do we take it for granted, you know? We need to make sure that that we are constantly, constantly, you know, seeking God, constantly seeking this this covenant with Him, constantly worshiping Him, constantly with Him of our in our mind. Because the more that we are in the presence of God, the more time that we spend reading His Word, the more time that we we spend praising and worshiping Him, that's building up that relationship. That is building up that covenant that we have with him so when the storms come to my brothers and sisters and storms will come storms will come i'm not gonna say you know that maybe they're gonna come not storms will come but he already said in his word you know in this world you will have trials and tribulations but fear not i have overcome the world that's what jesus said and the, and jesus also said no weapon formed against you will prosper you know so you know so again God is in our side and God will protect us, you know, and just like he was, just like he was protecting David, you know, he was keeping David safe, you know, and, and, and he was making a way. And that's why David had this relationship with Jonathan, because when they came together, they clicked, you know, and, and Jonathan had David's back in all this, even if he had to go against his father, even though that, you know, towards the end of this chapter, he says that he goes back into the city, you know, so he has to go back to his dad. But David, you know, was out there running, you know, and he goes and, and it's, it's almost like a soap opera, you know, you know because it's a constant chasing, chasing David in the next couple of chapters. But look, look what it says. Look what it says in, in, at the end of this chapter in verse 41. As soon as the lad, in other words, the little kid that was going to go and get the arrows, you know, that 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 Jonathan was going to throw, you know, beyond uh, David, you know, and to that, that was the signal that, you know, that the king was upset with him. It, it says that the, he, he got, grabbed the arrows. David rose from that place, you know, and kneeled and fell on his face and bowed down three times before Jonathan. And they kissed one another and they wept together. 
but they've been more soft. This is the love that they had for each other. This is the commitment that we have to each other. Uh, you know, the guy, you people already know me. Come on now. I'm Pop Hernandez. I'm going to hug you and I'm going to kiss you. You know what I mean? Guys get scared sometimes when they see me coming. But guess what? I'm going to hug you and I'm going to kiss you. The word of God says you greet each other with a brotherly kiss. Come on. And I am Papa Hernandez and I will come to you and I will kiss you. You know, you may run from me, but sooner or later I'm going to catch you. You know, and I'm going to and I'm going to love on you. Why? Because that's what we are commanded to do, to love one another. And that's the kind of love that David and Jonathan had. You know, they said that they kiss one another and they wept together. What better thing to do than to be with our brothers and sisters that when they're hurting, we will be right there by their side and hold them and say, look, I am with you. You know, I will cry with you when you cry and I will laugh with you when you when you laugh. Scripture says there is a time for everything. There's a time for weeping. There's a time for laughter. You know, there's a time. There's a time for sorrow, you know, but there's a time to rejoice. Also, there's a time to to, you know, to uh, rejoice in the Lord. So here we see this happening. And then Jonathan says in verse 42, then Jonathan said to David, go in peace. Since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be between you and me. Boy, that's a deep covenant that they have with each other. May the Lord be between you and me, you know, and between your descendants and my descendants. What a, what a promise that they made for, with, with each other, you know, forever. So he arose and he departed, you know. So that was their commitment. That was their love for one another. And, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm sure that, even though there was sorrow at this moment because there was this was these were like two brothers that they have to go in separate ways, you know, in separate direction, you know. And and Jonathan going back to going back to the kingdom, you know. I don't know how, how you know you're, you're wondering, wow, I wonder what was waiting for him when he opened up the door and came home, you know, with his father. But all of this was happening, you know, and and it, and it just show us that that we need to have this commitment with the Lord. We need to have this commitment with the Lord that we need to, to draw closer to him. And whenever things go wrong, you know, we don't run to this person. We don't run to that person, but we run first to the Lord. We run first to the Lord because if the Lord is on our side, who can be against us? You know, if God is with you, who can be against you? That's what the word of God says. And here we see that the Lord was with David and the Lord was also with Jonathan. Because they had this commitment. They had this love for one another. You know, it's wonderful that we can have a friendship like that. I'm sure some of you guys have friendships like that with somebody that you may consider them more of a brother, more of a sister, or even yet more of a father or a mother, you know, because of the relationship that you have. You know, I, I learned I learned in years past to, to allow the Lord just to to spill over that love that I that he has given me to others. And I can love on people. And, and, and it's wonderful that sometimes when I'm loving on somebody, you know, and, and realize that they never had this love before because they're being touched in such a wonderful way. You know, we need to do that. We need to, to show that commitment. We need to show that love. And we see that here in chapter 20, you know, uh, the love that Jonathan had, you know, for David. You know, and it's the same love that the Lord has for each and every single one of us. You know, that God, that God is in control and that God loves us. And yes, my brothers and sisters, yes, sometimes times are difficult. Times are very difficult sometimes, you know. Um, my wife had, had some surgery done this week, 
you know, in, in hoping that we can we can get her help to to be to become better, you know, and, and it's all difficult for us. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. But, you know, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You know, and, and God does not allow you to go through anything that you cannot handle. So I know that the Lord is in control, even though sometimes we may not agree with what's happening. We may not be happy with what's happening. Come on now. We're not, oh, you know, yes, I'm blessed. Yes, I'm blessed with the Lord. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I may not be as happy you know, only because, you know, we go through stuff and that's okay. That's okay because we, we, we serve a compassionate and loving father that understands, you know, Jesus came and he suffered. He suffered just like we suffer, you know, and he experienced all these things that we experience. And that's why when we go through hard times, we can turn to him knowing that he is there and he understands what we're going through. He knows what we're going through. And guess what? His word of God says that he doesn't give us anything that we cannot handle. So whatever it is that we're going through, guess what? You're going to go through it. You're going to come out in the other side. That's why, again, I love Psalms 23. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Come on now. God is with us in the most difficult situation. He will take you by the right hand. He will help you go through it, even though it might be dark, even though you may not know what to do. He's going to make a way for you, and he's going to help you go through it. So we're going to go through it, my brothers and sisters. And guess what? And the outcome is going to be greater than what we think. The outcome is going to glorify God. So we got to praise the Lord. We got to seek the Lord and stay committed to him. And, and, and you know, and just seek him. Just like the, these two individuals here, David and Jonathan, they were committed to one another. You know, we need to make sure that we stay committed to one another. But most, most importantly, be committed to what God has given us, committed to his love for us, committed to his compassion for us, committed to serve him the best way we can possibly serve him because he is in control. He is making a way. He is the way maker. You know, he is making a way for every single one of us, despite how hard it may be this morning or how difficult it may be. God is still in control. God is still working it out. We must trust him. We must believe him. And we must declare it over ourselves and over our families. You know, if you're going through a situation, just put it in God's hand and say, Lord, there it is. Lord, I surrender it to you. I give it over to you. And I thank you that you walk with me. You're never alone because you have the Lord in you. You're never alone because you have the Holy Spirit. You're never alone because the word of God says that he gives his angels charge over you. They will take you by the right hand and they will keep you from falling. So you're never alone. You always have more than what you think, more than what you can imagine. All you got to do is declare it and speak it out and walk by faith and not by sight. It's not by feelings. Because your feelings are going to lie to you, but it's by faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Come on now. So even though, okay, come on now. Let's, let's wrap this up. My time is up. Oh, I'm a minute behind. Oh, you know, 
you know, it's Friday, the beginning of the weekend. Make sure that we spend some time with the Lord, with your daddy. Make sure that you just thank him for this is the day that he has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it, you know, and just thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Lord, I thank you that even though I'm going through a storm, you are there with me. You hold me by the right hand. Thank you, Lord, that you don't give me nothing that I cannot handle. You are more than an overcomer. Father, I just lift up everyone that is hearing my voice. I declare the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord says this is only for a season. This is only for, for a moment. Your word says, Father God, that you will take us through it. So I thank you for taking my brothers and sisters through it. Father, you don't leave us in the middle of it, but you take us through it. You take us to the other side, Father. So I just thank you for what you're doing. I pray for their homes, their families, their marriages, Father God. I pray for their children, O Lord God. And I pray, O Lord God, that you will make a way, O Lord, because your word says that you will make a way when there's no way. You will make a way even in the desert, Father God. So I just thank you for making a way. I pray that your blessings be upon them, Father God, throughout this weekend, Father God, that when they come together, my Lord God, on Sunday, as they gather, Father God, in your house, Father, that you will bring a blessing upon them, Lord God. I thank you. Thank you for this day, Father. And thank you for everyone, Lord God. I ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, amen. All right. All right. Come on now. All right, getting ready to start the connect groups coming. They're coming up. You know, make sure you get involved. Make sure you do what you got to do. God is on the move, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Love you guys. God bless you all. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. God bless.